Welcome to Behind the Warrior, a podcast presented by the EOD Warrior Foundation. This series will focus on resources, interviews, and topics impacting EOD warriors, their families, and the military community at large. Hello, everyone. This is Sherry Beck, and welcome to Behind the Warrior podcast. Today on our podcast, I am interviewing Leon Tackett. Leon is a retired Navy EOD technician, and he is also a board member for the EOD Warrior Foundation, along with he and his wife, Cindy, being owners of Tackett Family Vineyards. Leon, welcome to Behind the Warrior podcast. Hey, Sherry. Thank you very much. I'm very glad to be here today. Well, thanks. Well, we're looking. I'm looking forward to chatting with you for sure. And, um, you know, I always like to start out with folks telling us a little bit about themselves. So if you can highlight your career and uh, retirement and then tell us a little bit um, like where you grew up and what led you to choosing the military. Well, sure. Um, career. Well, my career started in 1980 in the Navy, uh, very, very young, and continued on for about 28 years. I, I started off um, in helicopters, actually, flying and doing what's called anti-submarine warfare. Um, so basically just did sonar and radar work and looking and listening for Ivan in the Indian Ocean is what I used to used to say back then. Um, it was uh, pretty much the height of the Cold War back then or starting to wind down a little bit. But, and then uh wanted to be a diver and wanted to go have some fun and heard about EOD and in 1984 made the truck uh, across the United States from San Diego to Florida to start dive school. Actually, that started in February of 85. Oh, and then from there, um, did another almost 23 years in the Navy and then uh, retired in 2007. It was fun. I had a great time. It was a great career and I wouldn't change a second of it. Um, for anything, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, as far as where I, I grew up, we my parents moved a lot. Um, I started, actually, in Pass Rebels, where we are now. I only lived there for a couple of years. Um, ended up in Redondo Beach for a while. Then we moved north to, north to Seattle. Um, lived all over the place in Washington State um, before I joined the Navy. But always came to Pass Rebels because my grandparents were here, both, both sides. Uh, my grandfather, Mark Tackett, was past Rebels Police. Um, John Thomas, my grandfather on my mom's side, was a mechanic here in, in Paso and uh, out on the ranch where we are today. And I would come down in the summers, um, you know, during high school and actually all the way back to grade school, to be honest with you, and spent my summers out here. So Paso always kind of felt like home. So it was actually kind of a, a pretty easy transition. Uh, well, my grandparents passed away. Um, to buy the property from my aunt and uncles um, who the property was given down to. And, uh, and then here we are with a small little winery. Yeah. That's really cool. Well, what um, I'm going to circle back to your military career, Leon, and what was the main interest of cross training from what you were doing in the Navy to EOD? Was there anything in particular that really caught your eye and, and, made you gravitate towards that career field? Um, no, it was almost kind of a, a weird way, way it fell into almost kind of a financial thing. I, I saw what uh, 
the million divers were doing back then. And I was like, wow, if I could go, you know, get a dive, you know, get the dives under my belt and then get out of the Navy and go work for these civilian dive companies um, and make bank, mm-hmm. <laughs> lack of a better word. You know, when you're, you're 20 years old, that's what else are you thinking about, right? Um, and so went off to dive school and then I started learning about what they were doing to civilian divers out there and they were basically just wearing them out and, you know, next, next, next. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just not knowing and, you know, and then it was the, you know, jumping out of airplanes and blowing stuff up and it just, you know, you see these guys out there and I, and I think I'm a victim of it too. You'd be up there working in full uniform and here's all these guys in a Mark V boat alongside the ship and, and UDTs and, you know, <laughs> laughing and joking and having a great time and diving. It's like, oh, I'm going to go do that. So, you know, you kind of gravitate towards the guys that are having the most fun and it looked like UD was definitely it back then. So yeah, that was kind of a, a big draw for sure. All right. Well, do you have any high points or a fun memory that you'd like to, to share? Oh, wow. Um, there were so many. I mean, it was, it was, what an absolutely great career um, EOD was. You know, I, um, just, I don't know, I guess all the camaraderie, all the friendship, you know, is actually, um, you know, sitting here chatting this morning with, uh, with John Trent and, you know, these guys that you've made lifelong friends with. Um, I think it's the that's what I look back on the most. And it's just how much fun we had and the lifelong brotherhood that we've got going on. You know, As somebody mentioned the other day, or I don't even remember where I saw it. It's like, you know, how, who out there has, you know, been friends with people more than 10 years. You know, I, I can't imagine. It's like, Oh my God, I'm still friends with people for, from 35 plus years ago. I, mm-hmm. I can't imagine anything different. Um, yeah, I think that's the biggest part of the, if you want to sum it up, that was probably the biggest thing. It's just, you know, that part of it is, you know, being such good friends and the brotherhood that we have. And there were, cause there was just too many other, I mean, events, you know, all the diving, all the mm-hmm. jumping, you know, the range work, you know, blowing stuff up, cruising around and, and doing, you know, stupid stuff for lack of a better word. And just, and <laughs> You know, we made it, and and it was just great. Yeah. Well, the connections and the roots run deep. You know, I I, I hear you when you say that you can connect with somebody that you've you know known for thirty years, and you pick up the phone, and the brotherhood that you guys have established through the community is just very very close, mm-hmm. and um, it's pretty pretty awesome, and. Um, do you still think it's the best job in the Navy? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I hear that and, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, well, you honor- honorably served for just shy of 28 years, Leon, and were you ready for retirement? And what helped you make that decision? Well, my grandparents had passed away by 98. Um, and I just put on LDO at that time. It was right after that that we bought the property because um, went to my grandmother's funeral and it was just like, I can't imagine losing this property. Somebody else, we, we need to grab this for now. Um, knowing that someday we were going to have to, you know, find a place to plant roots. 
And granted, it was going to be at least another 10 years, but we can still mess with it. And then my grandfather had, had just, you know, through happenstance or, you know, weird circumstances, whatever, had planted 30 Gewürztraminer vines out there. It's a white grape, wine grape. And right shortly after that, I started picking those grapes and, and playing around with them and making wine. I had, I had a good friend of mine that was making wine in the past Rebels area. And I started asking him questions and what to do and how to do. And, and he walked me through some of it, but most of it I just did in my garage, um, messing around with it and started, you know, getting a love for making wine and having a good time with that. So that started the process of, you know, the retirement happening when it did. Mm -hmm. um, so it was actually a 10 year process for us and, and where, how we were going to get here. Um, and then when that day came, you just kind of know, I mean, everybody I've talked to about on retirement, it was just like, Hey, you just know when it's time. Cause mm -hmm. I couldn't imagine retiring at like 22 years. I was still having a good time. Um, everything was tracking it and I loved what I was doing. Um, but then it got to a point. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm over this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, that, at that point too, you know, most of us know you're, you're probably sitting behind a desk and doing nothing but paperwork and staring at a computer all day. So the fun factor kind of starts going out of it. You go to do dive calls and dive calls consist of going to the end of the pier and sitting on the bottom for 20 minutes. Um, so the, the fun, the fun had left mm -hmm. the building, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so, and the winery was, was, Kind of started. It wasn't established as an official licensed winery yet, but I I knew that's where we were going, so it kind of made it easy for us. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, what a cool story. You know, um, your grandparents, you know, owned that lovely farm, and now you and Cindy own it and have a, a beautiful little winery there, and have made it into something so much bigger than what it was originally. You know, and um, did you and I know you said you were met kind of experimenting in the garage with uh, winemaking, but um, I understand that you attended some courses at UC Davis and also got some help from, you know, local local folks that were making wine there in Possible Robos. So um, how did how did that help you? Oh, tremendously. Um, you know, the, the UC Davis, they had an extension program, so you could take them on. Well, it wasn't online back then. It was uh, actually videotapes. <laughs> they would mail you in the in the mail. Um, and then you would watch the videotapes and take notes, and then you would have to get tested. Um, as a matter of fact, Gene Rath gave her when he was off spots that uh, Moby the Three was one of my proctors for one of the tests that I had to take. It's pretty funny. Um, and taking a wine test sitting in the um, off shop at Moby the Three. Kind of a fun, fun memory, but anyway, um, <laughs> I passed that test by the way. Um, yeah, um, that was, you know, a tremendous help because, you know, you get that baseline of, of what, uh, winemaking's about and how, and how it's done, the chemistry behind it. So mm -hmm. it's huge. And then and to this day, um, one of the other things that drew me to the wine industry, especially in, in our region here is all the winemakers are, are friends. Um, mm -hmm. we all get along. Um, you know, some of my best friends here, um, are winemakers. And it's just like, if you ever have an issue that you're not familiar with, you just give one of those guys a call and they come over and, and they, and they help you out. Cause it's, it's all about putting past rubbles, um, on the map. It's not about your individual wineries here. And it's, it's fantastic. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And the wine grape growers are the same way for growing grapes. If you you got a leaf that looks funny on your grapevines, it's got a weird color you've never seen before. You call one of the local growers and hey, can you come look at this? And they'll they'll be there in a minute and and help you through it. So um, it's a big, huge part of it for sure. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. It's awesome to have a, a close knit community um, to help one and you know to help each other when you have questions or anything, because certainly even going through school and, and getting certifications and all those things doesn't teach you everything that you need to know. So it's great that you guys can reach out to one another. Yeah, that was the old saying in the Navy, right? After you get out of school, it's like, yeah, I know what they taught you, but this is how we do it. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah, it's, never, it's never the same. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, well, you said you started with just... 30 vines, I think, in 2008. How, how many vines do you have now and what varieties? And what's your production well, still, like? Yeah, we're still pretty small, um, uh, which is the way I kind of like it. I mean, it's only a 10-acre ranch, so it's not this huge, sprawling, mm-hmm. um, you know, vineyard, if you will. So there's only a couple acres planted. I've got uh, Petite Syrah, um, which is one of um, Sydney Mai's favorite wines. Um, so we knew that was one we wanted to plant for sure. And then I'm taking cuttings, um, and we've cloned those 30 vines into about an acre now of the diverse meter. And that's pretty much it. I mean, I still have some room to grow, um, plant some more down the road, but it's, it's not a priority. There's so many grapes in Paso, um, and you can leave a lot of the heartache of, of grape growing to the other guys and um, just buy grapes. So I mm-hmm. buy grapes and we produce wine from those grapes as well. So your Cabernets, your Merlots, um, Zinfandels all come from other vineyards, other growers in the, in the area. Um, we're doing probably about 1500 cases a year. So very small. Um, and which is the way I like it. Um, it's just Cindy and I, we have one, um, part-time person that works for us and yeah, that's the way we like it. Nice yeah. and small and, and just us. Right. Well, I always say there is there is nothing wrong with being small <laughs> when it comes to having no. a business or, or anything like that. I think, um, you know, I see a lot of folks that start out small and they want to grow, which is fantastic. But um, sometimes it almost like weakens the, the impact that you're having um, by being way too big. Um, so... I don't know. That's well, just it can my definitely weaken the brand in mm-hmm. some aspects, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to be careful and balance that mm-hmm. um, because if you do get too big, all of a sudden you start losing focus. Um, you know, keeping our wine club very small so we can focus on those those people and, and treat them well. Mm-hmm. You know, you get some of these other wine clubs, you know, that are thousands strong, and you're just a number, um, you know, and it's I mean, it's all fine if you like the wines and, and they're delivery of wine tea and stuff, but we try to offer more than that. So imagine the winery will treat you differently, you know, not differently is the wrong word, but, you know, you're part of the family. Mm-hmm. And we tell everybody when they join our wine club, you know, hey, welcome to our little wine club family. And that's what we try to treat it as. So yeah. that's why we like it small. Yeah. Um, well, as a wine club member myself, uh, Leon and I are, um, you know, we, we absolutely enjoy and it's, it's like, you know, a special treat every time we get, you know, our shipment and appreciate, appreciate what you guys do. 
Um, That's awesome. And the wine is delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, well, as owners and partners in in business, um, and certainly the heart and soul of Tackett Family Vineyards, uh, how how do you and Cindy take a break? And um, do you have any advice for want to be viticulturists? Yeah, so breaks. Um, but it, there's another downfall of being small. If you're the only one doing the job, it, it is hard to get away. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been able to get up into the mountains, you know, usually around January because that's a really slow time for us. There's not a lot of people out wine tasting, and um, it's that was a good time for us to get away for a good 10 days or so. But other than that, we we don't escape it as much as we probably should it that way um and we're hoping you know that we'll get to that point um, i think we're close i mean it, we mm-hmm. have a tendency to be able to walk away you know more um set our hours a little um, more stringent um there was a, a point you know last summer we were taking appointments um, seven days a week and it was just like okay i gotta stop this madness mm-hmm. right <laughs> start in turn shut the place down on tuesdays and wednesdays and uh like, sorry, we're not taking any appointments on, on those days. That's our weekend, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. But then there's always something to do in the winery, so they end up going back out there anyway and working on something else. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's a 24-7 business when you when you are the owner of a of a business. And as you said, you know, being small, that is that is one of the downsides. But ultimately, you have a lot of control over your product and what, what that is what you're able to share with everybody, which is, which is really cool too. Yeah. It's, it's very rewarding and, and I'm not complaining one, one iota. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I promise. You know. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, Leon, I would love to talk to you about an event that you and Cindy have been holding for many years now called warriors helping warriors. Um, can you share where that, uh, like, I guess the concept of that event kind of derived and, and where it is today? I'm sure. Um, you know, there's a lot of this stuff in the wine industry that um, people from, we'll, we'll just pick on L.A. You know, L.A., there's a lot of folks down there that will come up here and they will literally pay you to pick your grapes. <laughs> I've seen people actually charge for events where people come up for like a session um they'll come up and they get these folks to pick their grapes for them and they pay them um it doesn't happen a lot but there's a few out there um and we were bottling the eod sellers wine Uh, it's very small i had some local friends um and i say local and it's almost california in a way because we had folks coming from bakersfield and um north of bakersfield um, area and coming out, and it was a lot of um, EOD bubbles. It was some Air National Guard guys. We had some Army National Guard. We had some active duty guys. Um, and I think it was this um, Air Force guy, Kelly. He's like, you know, we could make a kind of vent out of this and charge people and don't and do a fundraiser. And it's like, nah, nobody's going to pay to do this. <laughs> and well. Um, I was wrong and people will. And so we came up with this concept. Um, and I don't know where I came up with warriors helping warriors. It just popped in my head one day. I did some 
Googling to make sure there wasn't anybody else using it at the time. Didn't find anything really. So I, um, we stuck it on a flyer and we had the event. Um, and really the first one that we did was actually wasn't a fundraiser. We always called that one our first one because we had about 20 to 25 people out there. Mm -hmm. Um, but that was when the concept was, was born. It was like, so that was our first, our first event. Then we had the second one, which was actually a fundraiser where people would pay. They would come out, we'd feed you, we'd bottle the wine, we had music. Um, and I, I don't remember how many people were there at that one. Might've been like 40, um, you know, Ken, Ken Falk and, um, came out, um, with his wife, Julia and Nicole. She was new to the foundation. Then she came out, um, and we just had a blast. It was so fun. It was very small. It was on this little tiny concrete pad that we had. We rented a tent and, uh, it was just a blast. And it's just kind of taken off. And, and now we have close to 300 people showing up. Um, we have all these local businesses get involved. And we have learned how to fundraise a lot better. Um, it, is, it is a uh, special talent. Um, I feel I'm still learning um, a lot and uh, getting sponsors and and doing sponsor letters and, and talking to people and telling them what you're doing and getting people to donate. And, you know, I think we'll see, this is going to be our 10th annual coming up. The ninth annual, you know, didn't happen, but it sort of happened because we had already started process. Um, we had all our sponsorships in, we had, everybody had bought their tickets. It was sold out and then COVID mm-hmm. and so we still ended up raising a little over 40,000 with that one without even having the event. And, you know, the year before that, I think we might've broken 60. Um, so, you know, I'm looking forward to breaking both of those records this year in June, you know, COVID's finally letting up here. California's opening finally, and we're just going to run with it and, and make this guy happen. So right. it's a grand time though. There's, we have a pizza oven, you know, our, our late great friend, Kevin Childry. Um, mm-hmm. when I saw his pizza oven in his backyard, I don't know, like 15 years ago. And it's like, Oh, I got to have one of those. And so Kevin used to come up and he taught me how to make the pizzas in that thing. And, um, well, the pizza oven's going all day. We have two live bands. Um, we actually have a skeet range. Um, so I, I jokingly, Oh, people, yeah, we're out here, beer, wine, and shotguns, but it's actually not quite. It's very well planned out. You know, I actually have our local, um, he's a former sheriff, bomb squad commander um, who now owns a gun store. He's our range safety officer out there. Um, over from Roosters, uh, Jim Hall. So it's, it's, very well, it's very safely done. And we have, you know, typical, you know, Navy fashion, you know, UD fashion. You know, range safety officers set with the flags up. We got cordoned everything off, so it's it's a lot of good good fun. Mm-hmm. And we're bottling the wine, of course, the most important part. So we're bottling EOD sellers' wine and getting that out there to uh, help raise more money. So it's fantastic. It's a fun event. You know, if you can make it, um, but the tickets do sell out fast, so you can't you can't mess around. So May first this year, the tickets go on sale. Okay, May first, and the the event is actually June twelfth. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Yep. All right. Fantastic. 
Um, well, it sounds like an awesome event, and one of these days I would love to come out there, um, Leon. It seems like every every year there's always some sort of other conflict that happens in my schedule, and I'm not able to make it, but eventually I will. <laughs> it's a goal. <laughs> um, I'm quite confident that you and Leon will be there. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you and Cindy and Tackett Family Vineyards are are very generous contributors to the EOD Warrior Foundation, and and not just from a monetary standpoint and the fundraisers that you guys do, but you you volunteer your time doing great things for the EOD family at large. Um, tell us about the special line of wine that you have out there called EOD Cellars, and and how that came to be, Leon. Um, sure. Um, well, it started a long time ago. Um, I can't remember when it started, but it started with the Master Blaster Red. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just going to do a short, quick fundraiser um, for the foundation. Um, you know, Ken was still was still there back then, so I was chatting with him a lot. Um, you know, being um, good friends with him and, and um, you know, having worked with him in the past in the Navy. We chatted up a lot and like, oh, I'm going to do this fundraiser. And we did had these 10 wooden boxes made um, to hold three bottles of wine. And we, and I did the labels myself, um, printed them out and they were just, they were pretty horrific, but they got the point across, you know, I had the crab on there, you know, EOD sellers, um, we put those in there and um, we made 10 boxes, so 30 bottles of wine, and put an email out and they sold out in like, I don't even think two hours. They were gone. Emails came in and all 10 boxes were done. It's like, wow, that was, that was interesting. So I uh, wrote a nice little check to the foundation from that one. And it's like, well, why don't we do a, a Christmas run? So we did the Christmas run and we did, I think, 30 boxes that time. That one took us like two days to sell all of those, but they, it sold out pretty fast. So it was like, oh, this is maybe this is something that we could really take off and we could really make a lot of money for the foundation with this. Why don't we just keep trucking? Um, so then we started taking pre orders um, about that year. I think we did like a three month campaign, you know, and then that way we knew how many boxes we need to buy and get set up for. I think we sold like 120 of them. It was some crazy number point. And then it was Cindy and I in, in the garage packing, and they were hard to pack to get them out nice and, and so that they showed up in one piece. It was like, well, that was kind of crazy. Let's not do that again. Um, and it just kind of blossomed from there. Um, got the idea for a basic blaster. It's like, what if we did a, a, a basic bottle that we could get in the Navy exchanges? And so I, I called the Navy Exchange and got through the process there. And, and uh, um, Debbie Cher was her name. I'll never forget her. She was, and she's actually still there, but she's getting ready to retire. But she was, um, she was very interesting. You know, she's a, a buyer, so she's got this big brick wall um, that she has in between her and her desk, if you will. And she's very tough egg to get through. Um, and Ken Falk will, will attest to that too, because he actually took a bottle to her um, in Virginia Beach and said it was the shortest meeting he's ever had in his life. <laughs> Basically, say I put the bottle there and, and have a nice day. Oh my god! <laughs> like, 
Oh yeah, it was it was comical. And uh, but the funny part of that was she called me the next morning, Friday. I think it was a Thursday because it was Friday morning. She called me. She's oh my god, I had that bottle of wine and a, and a bag of popcorn last night. It was awesome. <laughs> it was you're in. It was like alrighty then. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of how it and it just kind of blossomed from there. And then we got this idea to have a white wine so let's have a contest name the name the wine and that was a great success and that's how debt cord came about mm-hmm. um i wanted really pete white to win but it didn't mm-hmm. um so then we added another white wine and i named that one willie pete white so right <laughs> i finally got that one and then we just kept adding and then uh, the keeper came on and the keeper was to or is to celebrate the spouse of the eod tech so that was another big contest you know, named the wine. And it was a um, young E5 down in Florida. He was, he was actually on deployment and his wife was in Florida. And I guess they skyped all night long coming up with names and a poem and they submitted it and they were the winners of the keeper. So, and then the poem actually describes what the keeper is on the back. Um, but again, that was to celebrate the spouse. So mm-hmm. yeah, we have six of them total now and a great little six pack and, it's still trucking. It's still doing well. Yeah. Well, they are, they're delicious and it's, it's always fun to see um, one of those in my, my uh, wine collection sometimes or the wine shipment every once in a while. So it's always good. Of course. Um, <laughs> and uh, I feel very special when I receive those. <laughs> and um, well, I, I think, Think well. You have the EOD Sellers brand, or EOD Sellers brand, and then you have your own um, Tackett Family Vineyard brands. And how many varieties do you have for just Tackett Family Vineyard wines? Um. Well, let's see, Cab Merlot, Zinfandel, um, Petit Syrah, the Gewurz, um, Malbec, Petit Verdots, Cab Francs. Um, let's see, where we at eight. Mm-hmm. Probably about nine to ten at any one time will do mm-hmm. on different varietals, and then from there you can do a lot because then you start getting into blends, and you can start blending a little, you know, Cabernet and Merlot and Petit Verdot, and that's our what we call melange. So that one always sets aside. And then you can do some other blends with you know Malbec, uh, you know Malbec and Merlot, and and then that one, you know, we called rendezvous so we can do all these other labels with the different blends um and make completely different wines out of them so you can start with eight but wind up with you know 16 different bottles of wine on the shelf when it's all said and done mm-hmm. so, yeah. and that varies a lot and that's another aspect of being a small guy we're not stuck into you know these labels that people expect to see on the shelf we change all the time mm-hmm. and we're always doing something different so it makes that part of it fun right well um speaking of labels leon i know that um, there has been a little bit of a transition for your labels and your logo and that sort of thing but they really are beautiful and um who is did you contract with an artist to to actually do new labels or how did you come about choosing those um so the new labels actually uh, another cool story, I guess. So, Dan and Audra Tufts, um, Dan is retired Air Force EOD. Um, him and his wife have been um, friends of ours for a while. Um, he was still active duty, was wine clubber, 
him and uh, Audra decided to open a wine bar in Lancaster. Um, and so we started working with them. And it turns out that their daughter, Kirsten, was an artist working for NASA. Mm-hmm. And she actually did a lot of the, the new Space Force logos. And she was working for Swiss Army and, and Army Knives and doing the new um, Army Knives. And so she was very talented artist and I just chat with her one day about you know doing a whole new set of wine labels and she was all over it um so through friendship um you know started throwing ideas at her and she started throwing um throwing labels at us we um but it's been a great project and we still have a couple left to go um i can back that up a little bit too um our new logo for the actual tacket itself was actually Bryce Andrew oh. who did that. Um, and oh, I think, you know, I do so mm-hmm. Bryce. I can introduce me to Bryce. Um, we got talking, we were going back and forth. Um, and asked him about doing a label for, um, what we called our, our dog wine, um, weird name, but, we do another fundraising label um, that helps Woods Humane Society. And I wanted to, I knew he was a great artist. I was like, can you do a line, a pencil drawing of our dogs? Um, we have two chocolate labs. And Bryce um, did that, did a great job with it. And he came up with that packet the way it is today in that font. I don't know how he designed it, what he, what he did. It's not an actual font. I don't, something that he did, I think. And anyway, um, Kind of funny because Sherry, or sorry, Sherry, Kirsten sent us um, a bunch of samples and she's like, you know, I've messed around with your name logo a ton. She goes, I can't do any better than what you guys already have here. Mm. She goes, this is fantastic. So Bryce did the tacket part of it and then Kirsten has done all the artwork um, with that. So it's just been kind of a collaboration and it's taken a couple of years of it hasn't been overnight. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but we're down to, we need Zinfandel and we are doing our Malbec label, a new label for that. So, and actually our daughter-in-law is doing the line draw. She's drawing the new Zinfandel label for us now. So we're excited to see what she comes up with. Oh, that's so cool. It's a family thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Really cool. Well, Bryce is a, a great guy. He has done a lot of a lot of great things in, in reference to art and, and all of those things for the EOD family and community. Um uh he, Oh yeah, for sure. Really I mean, well cool Bryce guy. is the one that yeah. Bryce is the one that did the drawing or the artwork for the beast when we did the the Land Cruiser rebuild. So cool. That that painting that he did was uh, was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very talented. Um, well, Leon, thank you for sharing all of the history and everything in reference to how Tackett Family Vineyards got started. And um, do you have do you have any advice for folks that maybe want to dip their toes in the winemaking business? <laughs> Don't do it. No. <laughs> Take off your shoes before you crush the grapes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and please wash your feet. Um, No, 
you know, I don't know about the wine industry. The wine industry is, uh, is, is pretty crazy. I mean, when we started, the idea when we started in 98, 99 time frame, there were probably less than 100 wineries here just in Pass Rolls area. Um, now there's over 300. Um, it's just crazy how it's exploded. Um, but there's, you know, there's still room, um, you know, perseverance and, and, you know, dedication to the craft, um, is, is where it's going, but without perseverance, you're never going to get there. Cause it's, there's a lot of heartache. Um, there's a lot of failure. I mean, there's a lot of bottles we've had to uncork and completely redo, you know, by the hundreds. Um, so yeah, you mm-hmm. have to be able to take the, the good and the bad. So, and, and, and chalk it up to, you know, oops, let's not do that again and, and move forward. So, right. Yeah. It just, you just gotta, um, push, push, mm-hmm. push, push and keep going. So. Okay. Well, California is certainly rich with vineyards and, uh, delicious wine. Um, are there any other regions in the United States that you would recommend for, you know, a wonderful wine experience? other regions um yeah i mean there's great wines all over the place um you know the new york region um around the lakes they they make Mm -hmm. some great german style the rieslings and gewurztraminers are are fantastic you know there's some great sab blancs in virginia um you know so every region has their um, I don't know what to call it, moniker, if you will. Mm-hmm. This does really well because every growing region is completely different. Mm-hmm. Even in our area, they call them microclimates here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from where I'm at you know, to 12 miles of the crow flies, in the mount, there's a small little mountain range, you know, is about 20 inches of rain a year difference. Um, they'll get 35 plus and we'll only get 10 to 12 inches of rain. You know, and the heat's completely different uh, from those two areas. So, um, and it's in a very small, small range. So everybody has their, their specialty, if you will. Um, the Rhone varietals do well here, you know, your Duras, but a lot of Bordeaux's do well for us too. The Cabernets and Merlots, they do really well, um, in our heat, in our cool mornings that we have here. So every region has their, their specialty, I guess, is where I'm trying to go in a roundabout way. Right. Right. Well, we had the good fortune of, living in Virginia for 10 years and experienced a lot of wine there in Charlottesville in that area. And, um, the, uh, Viennier. Oh yeah. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. Blue Mont area. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's mm-hmm. definitely some, some nice stuff up there for sure. Right. Yeah. Really, really lovely. And we've been to Sonoma and Napa. I think it was probably three years ago now. And that was really a, a lovely experience too. And, um, mm-hmm. I, I really like Sonoma. I thought that was a really cool, cool town. And I would love to go back and do some more like outdoor activities um, in addition to wine tasting. <laughs> so right, um, yeah. there's a lot to do out there. So we're hoping we can return out there at some point in time. But um, yeah, there's, there's an Italy, of course, I mean, overseas, you know, the Italian wine is fantastic in Tuscany and all of those places. So it's, it's really cool. Yeah, for sure. As as a man of many hats, Leon, you um, served as an ambassador for the EOD Warrior Foundation, and in 2020, you became an official board member. We are honored 
to have you on our board and appreciate your support so much. And what what does this role mean to you, Leon? Um, you know, I was a, it was a big honor um, for me, um, and and it, it calls back to you know a good strong friendship um, with Ken in mm-hmm. the past. You know, it was I don't know not when the foundation first started. Um, Ken called and asked if I'd want to be an ambassador at that point because we were already fundraising for the foundation then. Right. Um, he said, "Hey, we're starting this new ambassador program. Would you like to be part of it?" I'm like, "Oh, of course." Um, and just had a great time with it, you know, and just use use that to you know push the the fundraising that we were doing and and made that part of it. And then last year, um, right before Ken um, moved on, um, called and asked if I'd be on the board, and I was like, "Wow, that'd be very cool. I'd love to come and help out." So mm-hmm. it's it's been a, it's been an honor, and and I and I love it. Um, I love the the way the foundation works and what everybody's doing. And we've got some some new new blood, if you will, um, with me and Pete, a few others mm-hmm. um, that we can talk about later. But they, uh, yeah, it, it's really looking forward to the future for the foundation and where and where things are going. And I'm really really proud to be part of it. Yeah, well, we're glad to have you, Leon. And you know, just want to thank you and Cindy so much for your time and dedication and just the support that you've provided to the EOD Warrior Foundation over many, many years. And, you know, you just continue to to be so generous and uh, coming up with new ideas, coming up with um, just, hey, what do you think about this? And I, I love that. And it's it's such a pleasure to to be a part of the foundation from from my point of view, but also to be surrounded by people who who care as as much as you guys do. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe this is a good time to tout the, the you know, wine dinner here in the next year. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So no, yeah, some really, really cool stuff coming. Um, you know, and a lot of people out there have some great ideas. So yeah, um, mm-hmm. looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Um, well, Speaking of, I know we talked about Warriors Helping Warriors happening uh, June 12th of this year. Tickets will be on sale May 1st. But is there anything else exciting for 2021 that you have in your back pocket that you want to share at this juncture? You know, I I don't actually mm-hmm. um, that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, you know, there's, there's so much other stuff going on. Um, and that will definitely be taking up a lot of our time over the next couple of months. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. uh, okay. no, I, I can't think of anything else at this point. Um, just you know, day to day trucking. To be honest with you, um, mm-hmm. and and just getting it done. Yeah. Well, it's you know, there's a lot of logistics and planning that has to happen to have an event as large as warriors helping warriors. So it's, you know, it takes months to be able to get to that point. And I'm sure it's some, sometimes you probably feel like, okay, the event is done for this year. And in four weeks, we got to start planning for next year. <laughs> so <Exactly>. it's, <laughs> it's, it's yeah. a, a never ending thing, but um, we appreciate all that you do. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, well, my 
I, I before we get into the fun questions, Leon, I do have one one final question for you, and that is, uh, do you have any words of wisdom to share with EOD techs that are you know are starting to look at retiring, or do you have any advice or both for the new graduates from NAV School EOD? Um, new retirees, um, don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the transition's not that bad. Um, it's not that dark on the other side. Um, it's it's quite fun out here um, in the civilian world. And uh, you know, don't be afraid to, to try something new. Um, you know, there's so many opportunities out there for everybody in different aspects of life. Whether I mean, look at the guys that jumped on the Black Rifle Coffee Company. You know. Um, nine line apparel, all these great vets that came out and saw a need and something fun to do. And, and you see those guys and just don't be afraid to, to try something new and, and push out. Um, but transition is not too shabby. Um, and although it was 13 plus years ago for me now, I, I still remember it pretty well. Um, and it's a good feeling. So, and being able to look back on, on having a really good, strong career behind you. Um, helps as well, I think. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, new young kids, you know, coming in, um, don't be late for work. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just don't get it. I mean, it, you know, I, I don't know who it was a long time ago. I mean, it's working for guys like Jim Wallace back in the day, you know, in the eighties and stuff. And you know, if you showed up fifteen minutes before the clock, they looked at you funny, like, "Why are you so late?" Mm-hmm. You know, so it's. You know, Vince Lombardi, if you're 20 minutes early, you're 30 minutes late. Um, I always live by that. And I actually, I'm still there and just, you know, show up early, show up ready to go to work, be excited to be there and be excited about your job and just do a good job. But, uh, yeah, if if you, if you're there early, bright, trucking, things will be well. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Well, I, I know your son uh, join the military as well. I mean, have you imparted any of those uh, pieces of wisdom to him? And, um, you know, how has he fared? Um, well, he's doing well. Um, he's been, this June will be 12 years now, which is just, ugh, wow. makes me feel horribly old. But, um, yeah, um, married to him. Um, he's got a beautiful wife, Becca. And they are still in Hawaii right now with the SDV one. He's a second or first class diver. Um, mm-hmm. And they're getting ready to go to Florida. They're going to be at NEDU here by August of this summer. So mm-hmm. getting ready for the big PCS move this year. So cool. And I'll, you know, and it's the old typical, you know, yes, father, fatherly wisdom on, on the young pup, whether or not he <laughs> listens, who knows? <laughs> so, All we um, can do is try yeah. Leon. <laughs> Exactly. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So no, he's he's had a great career and and it's moving forward and um yeah, really looking forward to uh getting down there to see him at his new his new digs down there in Panama City. Yeah. Well, you know, he's he's got a lot of EO, extended EOD family here, so he is uh he will be in good hands. <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um well one of the things that I love to do at the end of the podcast, Leon, is have a little bit of fun, and I ask folks about their favorites. So, um, what is your favorite pizza? My favorite pizza. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to get 
completely whacked for this one. I can just hear the, I can hear the barrage coming already. But my one of my favorite pizzas is, um, red sauce made with a lot of paste piccani sauce, and then bacon, regular bacon, jalapenos, and pineapple. Oh, so you like the uh, sweet I know and the spicy? Old, you know, there's all that. Never, ever, ever, ever put pineapple on a pizza. But I got to tell you, with the heat. And with the jalapenos and then, of course, the, and not Canadian bacon either. I'm talking full-on smoked, mm-hmm. you know, blab of bacon um, with it. It's it's pretty. And then, obviously, it has to be done in a pizza oven, you know, at 1,000 degrees. So, it just flashes everything. Right. And, yeah, um, without a doubt, that's that's way up there on the list. Oh, it sounds delicious to me. We're making pizzas ourselves. You know? So, mm-hmm. it's, it's quite tasty, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, those are their, the anti-pineapple guys say, you're fine. It'll, it'll be okay. I promise. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> I, I do like the combination of the sweet and spicy. I think that's good. It kind of balances the whole thing out. So, um, And the bacon is yep, for sure. adds that level of salt. It's nice. It's good. What is your favorite wine? I think you said Petite Syrah, but I'm not positive on that. Yeah, um, I think it still is, um, especially, you know, of course, ours. Um, you know, I mean, we grow the grapes, we crush the grapes, we do everything at the winery. So it's, it's, you know, part of us for sure. And so, yeah, Petite Syrah is up there and then a really good blend. You know, mm-hmm. we make, like I said before, we make a melange, which is Cab, Cabernet, and Merlot, Petit Verdot blend. And it's just mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. Um, so definitely, but Petite Syrah first, for mm-hmm. sure. Cool. And, you know, I want to follow up with the blends. Um, I think, and this may be just my own, uh, you know, like uh, perception or what have you, but initially when blends first started coming out, I, I'm i not sure that they were super popular, but I do believe that they have become incredibly popular now. And there are some fantastic blends out there, um, specifically I don't know. I, I think people should try them is what I'm saying and, and maybe not turn your nose up at a red blend. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. I mean, because you can take a, a Blase Cabernet and, and really crank it up with some Malbec and Petit Verdot, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yes, without a doubt, blends blends are, are fun. Um, they're fun to make. I mean, we even do a blending party for our wine club. You know, we get 24 people out um and that's how we do our woods wine uh or woods humane society wine that people come out they do their own blend um and then we have a big contest to, for the best blend of the day and then we bottle you know about 50 to 60 cases of it and then it goes into our wine club mm-hmm. and then the money from that wine goes to woods humane society for wine for pause they call it out here oh, wow. which we just had this last weekend um so yeah it's um it's a lot of fun and and people just Love it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's fun to sit there with a little beaker and, you know, a little pipette and start pulling off different samples of wine and blending them together and creating a little little piece of art, if you mm-hmm. will. Yeah. Yeah. Another way to be creative. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure that you have a lot of time to read or anything like that, Leon, but do you have a favorite book? Favorite book, uh, probably 
know, I don't do a lot of reading anymore. Um, actually, I never really have done a lot of reading mm-hmm. I mean, as far as novels go. Um, you know, it's an oldie but goodie. You know, um, you know, Christine was a fun book. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, I remember Hunt for Red October really well back in the day. Um, at that point, I was in anti war you know, warfare. So the Hunt for Red October really drew me in. Um, I actually do have um, Grateful American on my desk right now by Gary Sinise, uh, which I haven't finished yet, but uh, it's, it's quite good. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I don't get a chance to do a lot. Um, when I'm reading, I'm usually reading something for education. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's just going to be some wine book or some article on, on different, you know, processes of winemaking and stuff. So mm-hmm. mostly educational type reading for me. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. All right. Well, cool. Well, one more fun question, and that is, do you have any idea how many Leons there are in Navy EOD? (laughs) (laughs) Funny. I know of four. Uh So, um, somebody you might know, Mr. Beck. Yes. Um, Leon Beck, Leon Ford, um, Leon Iron Moccasin. and myself are the only four that I personally know of. Right. Right. Okay, cool. Well, it is, Do you know of more. No, <laughs> I, I don't, oh. I, I don't know of any more, um, but yeah. I just thought it was a funny question. Oh, so, I'm sorry. Um, E-Lul. E-Tool. I almost forgot E-Tool. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. E-Tool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was actually Moby and Eleven. There was three of us at the same time, me, Leon Ford, and Leon Ironbockerson. It was probably the only time we had three Leons in the same command. So anyway, That's funny. Kind of funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is so funny. Um, well, Leon, thank you again for for joining me today on the podcast. It's been a real, real pleasure having you and great to talk to you always. And again, thank you. And you and Cindy so much for everything that you do for the EOD family and uh, EOD Warrior Foundation and all that you contribute. We we absolutely yeah. appreciate it, and um, it's it's always fun to chat with you. That yeah, was a lot of fun. I appreciate it, and love to chat again anytime. Absolutely. Well, when we um, get closer to another event or something else that's happening, then we'll hop on and chat about it. Okay. All right, sounds good. All right, thanks, thanks. Jerry. Thank you, Leon. Take care. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to our Behind the Warrior podcast. This series is provided to you by the EOD Warrior Foundation. To learn more, please visit us on Facebook or at eodwarriorfoundation.org. And don't forget to tell a friend.